This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Check, check, check. One, two. One to the two. One to the two. Two, 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 two. All hey, right. Scotty, what's up? I'm coming back. Oh, got a toot. Hold on. The audio fun bag is brought to you by Responsibly Vodka and Norman's Electronics. And now we kick it. Audio fun bag, chapter 57, all brought to you by Responsibly Vodka and oh. Norman's Electronics, NEIUSA.com. Check them out anytime. They have been taking care of you in Atlanta since 1955 or 57. Jamie had told me, and I just said, whatever, it's from the 50s, so uh, you know they've been around. I like how you fi- skipped over 56, and you were like, it's either 55 or 57, because Jamie's family took a year off in 56 where well, they closed the business. They they set fire to it for the insurance purposes. They said, let's take it down a notch for a year, <laughs> and then we'll come and bounce back. We'll make this thing work from here. Hang on one sec. Hold on, hold on. What are you doing? First off, I made the mistake. I got to spray all Chuck's stuff down. I don't want him to get my antibodies. I, first off, it's like a used condom over there. I made the mistake <laughs> when I was testing the microphones to just touch the desk. Ugh. It is gross over there. Uh-huh. It's got so much nasty crap on it. But you know what it doesn't have? COVID. Oh, probably not. Chuck, make sure it doesn't have COVID. He douses it. And then uh-huh. you come in and you douse it. Yeah. Oh, this whole thing smells like alcohol. So gross. If he's using our responsibly vodka to spray this thing down, I'm going to be pissed. Well, there are some people. Like you told me when you were in Mexico how they were using... It smells like tequila. All of their hand sanitizer smells like tequila. They're tequila-based. So so weird. That's how you end up getting that. You ever get afraid that you're going to be trending one day? Yeah, because I saw that there was a name there, and I said it finally happened. Dick Hoyt is trending? Dick Hoyt. was like, oh, it's finally happened. They figured out my nickname. He's trending out there. No, that was the gentleman who used to run all the marathons with his son, who was always, he had cerebral palsy, but he was always riding in the bike in front. So dad, dad finally, and he would always talk about it when they would do interviews with him. It wasn't until he started doing that. That then he got healthier, and so it was kind of like this combination of him getting healthier uh, in order to to kind of fight through some of the heart issues he I, had. I think he was, uh, yeah, I think he was actually more obese or morbidly obese. He was a larger man, yeah, and it it got him to yes, where he was healthy. It was like a symbiotic relationship be- between the two. The fact that you knew that it's a, it's amazing that you keep breaking headphones because your head is so small. <laughs> <laughs> I thought your head would be bigger. I remember first reading about that story. You're a college grad. In the back of Sports Illustrated. Who wrote in the back of Sports Illustrated, Lowe's? Rick Riley. Always Rick Riley. Rick Riley. First thing I'd always read. He turned, Riley turned into being more of a tool, like the more I got to know about Rick Riley. But damn, like the first thing I would do when I got home from school on Tuesday Went to the mailbox, got the SI. Read Life of Riley. Got got on the toilet, read Life of Riley. Every single Tuesday. I loved reading those things. It's funny how those sorts of things like that, like those columns, have now left traditional print media where you waited for, okay, when I get it, I'm going to read this. Now everything is all digital, and now you expect more of it. And so to me, there's less... 
beauty and comedy and how interesting that the article article can be when you're getting these things on a on a two to three times a week basis. Well, in all seriousness, like where would you find a column like or an editorial? Like I, I don't even know anymore. You normally have to go, like, for instance... Like, satire is now on Twitter. That's where it exists. There is still Monday Morning Quarterback because Sports Illustrated owns that. Yes. So you get that from Albert Breer. But Albert Breer, it's it's more of an information article. Peter King, because he left the planet as far as sanity <laughs> a long time ago, stopped doing that article in that way. And a guy like Rick Riley, because the money he was getting from ESPN suddenly turned into the guy who was no longer giving you regular writing genius. See, I stopped reading MMQB when me and Peter King decided to get into a fight on Twitter. Yeah, I think this was over guns. It was, yes, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, he's uh, he's out there. I thought I'd take my shot like in the dark, like I was just one out of a million people that responded to him, and no, he decided this is the one I'm going to go after, and I was like, oh, it's on like that, huh? And then he didn't realize that he was <laughs> fighting the troll king and so all he did was just block you because at that point, see, here's the problem with guys like that. They can't really articulate or argue their point because their point ends up ultimately and almost every time infringing on your rights. And so when you bring that up, the topic is now over and now they're frustrated and they just go back to their little hole. I saw there was a hockey guy that got, he, he made some comments about Barstool. I will not be joining Barstool or be a part of Barstool. Then he came out today, and so did his daughter in response, basically saying like, "Well, he 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 his reasoning was they're misogynistic, yeah, and, and going through all his and, stuff that he was doing, and that started it from there." But his daughter and him then came out and like, "We're being harassed by all these stoolies," and I'm like, "Yeah, what do you think Twitter is?" Yeah, How, see, this is the reverse whip <laughs> because there is such a thing. Like typically, and this is this is why. Twitter is a cesspool. Isn't it Newton, though? For every action, there's a reaction? But Twitter is also this weird place where you have very left-wing people who can't wait to jump down your throat over anything, and then you have this really split group of right-wing people that are just ready to defend Barstool at any moment. And that part, and some, sometimes it's just the fans of, of, of that and that comedy and everything else, and so... When those people get subjected to that kind of treatment, there's a part of me that goes, there's not a whole lot of stuff that happens to those people when they do that, and I kind of dig it. I have kind of turned Twitter into, like, I used to use Twitter as, it's my morning newspaper, and it's and it's specifically for me. Like, it's all my favorite follows and everything else. I've stopped using it as a newspaper. It's now become like a bus stop or an airport. Yeah. Where basically I'm just people watching. Like, I just enjoy watching people go at other people and, and just watching from afar, little that, voyeur. That part actually gives me tired head. <laughs> I've now I've now turned into the person that goes, is it making me money or is it promoting something that I'm involved with? Because if I don't do those two, and, and that was years ago, I'd heard different people say that. And I was like, no, I just like the fun of it. Like, I could never live like Mark Zeno, who gets up every morning going, every morning. where can I start the fight? Let me get the fight going. See, but that's why I follow Zen, because I enjoy watching it from afar. I don't want to be a part of it. Don't drag me into it, because the last thing I want to see, like, the, the nightmare that I have over and over again is whenever I open Twitter and I have 20 plus and it just says 20 plus on mentions. And what I'm happened? Like, oh, boy, did I tweet the N word again? Like, <laughs> like what, what did I just do? How am I about to get I fired? I do this weekly. But then I realize, like, don't notice. oh, no, Zeno tagged me in some stupid argument. And now he's going back and forth about COVID with somebody and I'm just stuck in the middle. Yeah, as you're your. All he's waiting for you to is, is go, yeah, I got sick. I <laughs> sat around in my underwear all day long. It's, don't, it's don't just what I did. Bring me into this. So uh, we've got a number of options here. Okay. Also, 
Uh, you do have John Michaels who did his his media tournament guide thing that he did last year. And all I'm saying is I think it's sacrilegious and it was set up this way that you and I have to go at it in round two. I just don't find that to I, – I feel like they're trying to clear a path here. Well, first off, I'm, I'm glad to see you got out of the first round. Congratulations. Uh, let's see. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. I didn't care. I didn't know about it until you told me. I know. Because, first off, you know I don't get caught up in... What did I say about Twitter? I don't get caught up in, in this silliness. I didn't comment. I didn't I didn't even vote. I didn't I, care. Okay? I didn't get caught up in it last year, but oh, I no, won. No, 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 no. Don't bullshit me. You were, like, retweeting all the time, and then when I'd, I'd come walking in, you'd go, you'd go, just took down Wendy, just got steak, coming for Big Hugh. Well, no, Big Hugh was the first round. I believe John Chuckery was the second round. Oh, so, oh you remember now. Then I took down Squid Billy, Carl Dukes, Wendy, and Mike Bell in that order. But no, I don't. I didn't really follow it. <laughs> you that didn't closely. really follow it that closely. Now I will say this. So mine, you told me you were like, "Oh, you're you're going against Mike Conti," and and all I thought to myself was this. And if you don't think John Michael set it up this way, this is how he set it up. He wanted information people to take out information people, uh, weird people to take out weird people. He set it up for Wendy to take out Zeno. Like that's what he wanted. He wants this carnage. And all I'm saying is that. With that all out there, he set it up to where you and I would coast through, and then we'd have to take one of each other, each other out. Yeah, because me against Conti isn't a fair fight. Like one's an information guy, one plays fart noises. Like right. fart noises wins. So he's looking at it as let me eliminate the guys that do a podcast where farts win. <laughs> like I've got I've got to clear the path for the next person. But we have come up with an idea that we think will work. We're going to tie right exactly dead on fifty fifty. That's our plan. We're going to tie. Fuck his bracket. Yeah. He'll be like, he'll be like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. They tied. It's so strange. You know, I can test positive for COVID again and tap out where I can't go on to the next round if, if you think that would be best. Could that be possible? Did you see my bracket that got put together by our social media director, Caitlin? So UC Santa Barbara is in the final. Okay. And the funniest thing I got from somebody on Twitter said, clearly she's playing the COVID bracket. Like all, all these other teams fall out of the tournament, so UC Santa Barbara keeps moving. That would be so awesome if it worked out. Here's the genius of you, by the way. I still haven't filled out my bracket. I got management yelling at me. Right. Yeah, you just handed it basically to your daughter, and she was like, yeah! Yeah, I, I logged in. Banana slugs! I took, a, I took a video of her doing it, and then I just said, here. And so for the next like 10, 15 minutes, she did my bracket for me. Yeah, if y'all don't realize, whenever we see Caitlin, we start making that noise like we're like we're like Muppets on cocaine. Oh my God, Caitlin! Because that's what she is. That's man. what she sounds like when she sees you in the morning. She's a cocaine unicorn. Yes, that's exactly. That's the best definition like, for her. If you could have animal mother on cocaine, that's what it would sound like. Mm -hmm. That's how she would be. And maybe maybe that is her thing. I'm not gonna guess otherwise. So also in the third segment, yes. We are going to get into your song. Yay! So we'll get a chance to play that if you missed it from the show. Big hit. Or you haven't found it, it's out there. We'll replay it. Uh, you'll get to hear our, our diss track, your diss track. It wasn't meant as a diss track. Of, of Drew Brees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I read the final line that you sent over, I was like, oh, yeah, he's taking a <laughs> shot at him. But let's finish off this segment with this. You had a physical. And I find it very interesting because... You go into every dentist appointment and physical, like expecting something to happen. Like, like when you did your dentist appointment, you're like, "Hey, good news! 
no mouth cancer. I'm like, okay, sounds cool. Like you've been dipping since the age 17. Like eventually karma's going to catch up to your ass. But I think when you go for your main physical, you're always wondering, what will they find? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I think last, all right, a year ago when I got my, because it's yearly, right? We got to get these yearly. I, I technically had to do two a year for a long time. But then once I changed the diet up, he was like, just come once a year. He was like, that's, you're good. I guess I'm in good place then because they said come back next year. But last year when I got it, they were like, hey, um, you're pre-diabetes and uh, we need to work on you stop being a fatty. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, So obviously, you know, after getting that, you know, kind of told to me by the doctor, I changed up my regimen, started eating better, working out, and none of that happened. Uh, But instead, I just kept living the lifestyle I'm living. I was about to say, when? Yeah, exactly. Why'd you do that? And uh, so I walk in this time, they're like, blood pressure is good. Blood coming back samples, good. Everything's good. Dude, somehow I nail everything across the board. They're like, have you dropped weight? I'm like, no, I'm still, you know, that same fatty I am. But they're like, well, you, you hold it well. I'm like, awesome. What are you guys doing? You Did gonna, you wear the girdle? You, no, because they, they test you for everything. Oh, yeah, you're right. And so um, I guess now the cool thing to do is like bring in students with you. Have you had this happen? No, I've not. Okay, so when you go for your physical, at least at my doctor, because I guess- I wouldn't allow it. I'd be like, no. I guess he's interning the world. Well, I was used to it after my last physical. So my last physical, they had three students come in, and they were like, you know, what's going on with you? I'm like, eh, I'm pooping blood. You know, that doesn't seem normal. So they're like, okay. He's not lying, Okay, people. let's do the- It wasn't the colonoscopy. I got that later. Let's do the prostate exam. And he's like, now we do have some students here. We have three students, undergrads or RAs or whatever. They're, and, all, they're all betting how many inches of fingers you can take. <laughs> and so he's like, do you mind if they're, I'm like, eh, whatever, they're going to be doctors. So now I've got like four hands inside of me at this point. And I'm like, everybody getting a good feel on this? They're checking for your oil. <laughs> so today he asked me. What's his pressure feel like? He's got a really hot doctor, school doctor with him or whatever. I can't tell everything because she got the mask on. Yeah. But her eyes. But from eyes up, you're Eyes like, up and everything else. I'm kind of like, yeah. And she, he's like. You want to drop everything, and we can check you out there for hernias and whatever. And I was like, well, last time you had three students in me, so, you know, taking off my pants ain't no big deal. Sure. <laughs> and he starts feeling around, and he's like, oh, oh, what is that? And I'm like, well, you tell me. What is that? What do you mean, what is that? Then he looks at the student, and he goes, would you come over here and feel this as well? So now I got two hands on my testicles, and they're both, like, feeling them at the same time. You're being milked. <laughs> Thank you. Like a cow, like they're they got your udders. So at this point, I'm like, I touch myself every day, and I haven't felt anything. So now I'm putting my hand down there too. So now there's three hands all feeling around my testicles, and my junk is like, what are we doing right now? Is this an orgy? Like what's going on? And so like I'm starting to kind of you know balloon up, and uh, and they're like, oh, well there there is a lump there. <gasps> so uh, so yeah, I got to go in for a. Uh, what is it called? Some sort of scan or some X-ray on my uh, on my nuts. So I may be Lance Armstrong. He said ninety nine percent chance, nothing wrong. And yeah. I, I text Lisa immediately because you have to text the wife. You know all this stuff of how did it go? And I'm like, I found a lump in my testes. Uh, we're gonna get it scanned. She's like, Oh my god, are you worried? I'm like, What am I gonna do? Like, if it's nut cancer, okay, uh, it's nut cancer. Like worrying's not gonna change anything. So uh, yeah, I had my physical, got molested, and. Um, Gonna, we'll, we'll see how the scan goes. They're going to check you out further. Exactly. But Lance Armstrong, it worked out for Lance Armstrong. He then went and won the Tour de France seven times mm-hmm. and got them all taken away. Exactly. Well, I think you're maybe shining a light on the negative. I like to focus on the positive. He still uh, won the Tour, beating other guys that were all drugged up. John Cruck, you know, he got the baseball tonight job and everything else. So if 
it goes to a point where they have to they have to take one. Because you're missing a nut too, right? No, I'm fine. I've got both of mine. I don't know if you understand this. I don't. I don't understand vasectomies at all. All they did was they basically tied me up so that I am no longer producing uh, anything that can get you pregnant. Like I still look like like it's a porn. I believe but, the technical term is jizz. But there is nothing that'll get you pregnant that comes with that. Okay, so you're just shooting out dust. Just no, <laughs> still looks the same. <laughs> it just isn't have it doesn't have any of its potency. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like it's a western. <laughs> like as I climax, there's a tumbleweed. Allie, Allie, I'm close. Ah, <laughs> uh, was that good for you? There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a horse. <laughs> Goes walking by in the background. I'm sorry. Here's the and then worst. you get the wah, wah, wah. Here's the worst part too. Like when he's feeling down around there the first time, like he's like, "Have you had a vasectomy, sir?" And I'm like, "No, but that's probably not a good question to ask a guy who hasn't had a vasectomy." Like, you immediately know something's up. Like, I talked about when I had COVID and I got my test and it came back positive, and they went to everybody's driver's side window. But then when they came to my car, they went to the passenger window <laughs> and stood five feet away. Like, you know something's wrong at that point. So we'll see. I will keep you updated on my, uh, I think it was the left one. It was the left one. And they uh, they also offered you the uh, the shot. They did. The COVID did. shot. I turned it down. I guess they're offering this to everybody now. Because the way he desc- he he asked me the question. You, you he don't goes, think he, he got you on the scale and then was like, oh, we're good here. <laughs> What? It's the finger. They, they've they approved 25% BMI in Georgia. And you think I'm 25%, huh? Oh, there's not a question. <laughs> I don't think you understand how... Un- Do you realize how unfair the BMI chart is? Probably. I don't know. The, the BMI chart is one of the most unfair, silliest things that's being used in existence. Like, I'll give you an example. I okay? just remember that thing they would take, like that grab... It looked like the claw that you would play in one of those games that they would use in high school. That's not what they were doing anymore. Okay. Okay, like th- those pinchers where they would then tell you, okay, here's this. So, yeah. so for instance, uh, how tall are you? Oh, you're going to ask my weight in a second. No, I won't. Okay, cool. 5'10". Uh, okay, so at 5'10", I'm going to put this in here. 5'10 and a half. Okay, well, I'll call you 5'11". Yes. 5'11 sounds about right. Yes. Let's say that I put you down at 200 pounds, okay? 5'11", 200 pounds. I appreciate that. Your BMI is 27.9. Ew. Okay? That's at 5'11", 200 pounds. Yeah, but they like also judge it off like emaciated people. Right. Like the the overall healthiest you can be, like at, at my height, like six foot, I would have to drop like 10 more pounds to be like at 165, 160 for them to be like, oh, you're very healthy. I'd be like, no, I'm very drunk on like a beer. Yeah, you're like a step away from being on one of those right. commercials where you got Sarah, whatever her name, singing in the background. Yeah, and I got flies in, buzzing around my face and, and, and you're asking for just $3 a day to feed a kid. Yeah, that that's that's what they consider that number. So when they told you, hey, do you want to take this? They were basically going... You you pretty much have to be emaciated for them not for you not to qualify. The question he asked me was, "Do you have any? Um, is your mother and father are they alive? Do they live in the state of Georgia?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, good. You qualify for the vaccine." And I was like, "That's it. That's it. That's they, all." He he's like, "You're a caretaker, right?" And I'm like, "No, they don't live with me." He's like, "Yeah, they're in the state of Georgia. You can have it." I turned it down though. You know, there there are other fatter people out there that need it. Los, I get it. I would do the same thing. I, there are more people. That I was are, looking out for them that are older and and unhealthier that should be in that front of that line. And then whatever, back of the line, not a big deal. All right, coming up next. I'm really creeped out. Hoyt said he had the best dream of his entire life. What Most it? amazing dream. This beats Curvy and the beach and the natties and everything. This was the most amazing dream ever. We'll talk about it next. 
Follow the Podcast Park on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Park. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Responsibly Vodka and Norman's Electronics. Aren't you going through a divorce or something? You told me to bring it up. This is the very professional Nick Cellini, who I would say one of the best point men in all of sports talk radio. (laughs) Runs a very tight, tight show. (laughs) Nick Cellini was trying to describe, it's an aspect of the national championship game and the way they were going to film it. And this is what he gave us. CBS plans to use more than 120 cameras and several unusual approaches, we're being told, for Super Bowl 55. Venice cameras, Domino, are going to be using. Mm-hmm. Several on-field cameras to uh, capture a dramatic cinematog... Oh, no. Cinema... Oh, no. All right, let me do this again. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Cinema... Oh, no. Cinema... To graphic feel? Yeah. All right. Do you know you just made the audio fun bag? Of course I did. Deservedly so. Audio fun bag, chapter 57, all brought to you by Responsibly Vodka and Norman's Electronics, NEIUSA.com. They've been in business since 1925. Just start making shit up now. They were around for the first pandemic. 1918. There you go. They were taking care of Atlanta and their, their horse and buggies. What would they have fixed back then? Radios? Like your collie? Yeah. Your talkie? <laughs> your talkie? I got my talkie's broken. What did I call it? A collie? Yeah, you did call it a collie. That's a dog. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have been really off on this show, man. I got to be honest. This is my worst podcast performance. How about you tell me, because I am a little bit concerned about this. Well, because I've had weird dreams You've in the had past. weird dreams. You had the, the weirdest one you told me about was, I made you nervous during a radio show. You freaked out, and you decided the best way to get the attention off was to try and kiss me. No, I did kiss you. We were interviewing Mort for some reason. You and me were doing a show. We You're were like, inter- I've decided i got to kiss you. No, we were interviewing Mort. Okay, behind the scenes, I told this story to Los about a year ago, where I had a dream that we were interviewing Mort for some reason on a show, and... Lowe stole my question, and I didn't know what my next question was, and I was I was panicking. Mort was wrapping up his his comment, and I go, Mort, hold on one second. I have to do this. And I walk over, and I kiss you on the lips, and then I sit down, and then I ask my question. This was the Hudson effect, where he took your question and then presented it to Mort, and then you didn't know what to do. Now, here's the worst part, by the way. When we subbed in for... I like how you just went right past that. Yeah, I... <laughs> well, I kiss Hudson's wife. He steals questions. I get it. When we sat in... Uh, the day for Matt and Chuck. Did we sit in for Matt and Chuck, or did we sit in for Buck and Hutt? I want to say we did 
We interviewed Mort, though. Yes, we had we had Mort for one of them, and then the other one we did was for was oh Matt and later, Chuck, right. and that was when I quit. Okay, so we interviewed Mort, and you actually did steal my next question. I was like, oh my god, do I need to go and kiss him? Like, <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have punched you right in the gut. <laughs> What's I'd have dropped right you. I'd have been like, I know what he's coming over here to do, and I'm not going to tolerate it. And I would have been like, kapow. So I wouldn't put that up with like, Get off a, me. with like an amazing dream. Like when me and Kirby were on the beach celebrating national titles and I was seeing into the future, that was an amazing dream. Do I have to beep this entire thing? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Is it not, was, I just don't want it to be too out there. This was not out there. So I guess to give a backstory, uh, you know I'm a Tay-Tay fan. Yes, you love Taylor Swift. Obsessed with Taylor Swift and her music speaks to me and whatever. Yeah, her and her cardigans and your heart goes crazy. She's speaking about how the man, the guy treats her like a cardigan under the bed and everything else, but that's besides the point. I don't know why, and this is weird to say, and it's very like Stan and Eminem, like, what's this stuff about you saying we should be together? It makes me, makes us want to not meet each other, like that kind of thing. I truly think if me and Taylor, like if she came in for an interview on the Chuck Oliver show, or Chuck and Chernoff, or Buck and Hutt or whatever, and we happen to be in the same room and just talk... That it would happen. So you are basically saying that my Waffle House scenario, yes. because there's plenty of women where I go, you know what? I think that if her and I were to hang out and go to Waffle House, we'd probably be really good friends. I think we would end up being better than just friends. Okay. And I don't know why. It's a very weird thing. I just, I think this sounds so crazy. Her, the the way I listen to her music, I understand it at a different level like, I would be like, Taylor, I knew exactly where you were coming from. I wouldn't call her Taylor, by the way. Can I tell you where you're making a huge mistake this here? This is very serial killer-ish, and, yeah. and I feel really weird admitting it on the podcast. Like, she would end up in your trunk. I but, know, but, you would but never, I would never act on it. I would never, I, I'm, but I'm telling you, I truly believe that if this interaction happened, like, she would be, I don't, like at some point, At some point, you would show up to, like, the hotel she's at, and you would, like, get somewhere near somewhere you should get here and you'd be like you'd be like your beauty is only surpassed by my ability to take it away from you I, see you're mocking right now and i'm trying to no be- no you know where you're making this mistake you know where you're making this mistake you have a friend who thought this exact thing about about, about he, chuck about he and chuck oliver <laughs> that if they just got a chance to be around one another they'd be good friends they talk about college football and what happened Chuck dismissed him and ordered to eat more cake. And what was the reaction? <laughs> that he hated him, never wants to Chuck, talk to Chuck again, doesn't want to be around him, thinks he's a horrible person. and everything. It destroyed his dream. Meeting his it, idol destroyed his dream. It destroyed his entire dream that he had of, I'm going to be buddy-buddy with Chuck. What would happen is that woman would look, she'd look at you. And you would realize she's looking through me. Like, she'd be looking, like, beyond to the next event she has to go to. I just, it's a, it's very much a gatekeeper and the key master thing that I think we have that Sigourney Weaver and whatever the other guy didn't. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis didn't know each other, but when they met up, they made that dog thing that destroyed the world. Like, so you're telling me that something beautiful would come from this as the... The gatekeeper and the keymaster. I key don't master. know what would happen. Like, she may quit music forever, and it may be the worst thing to ever happen. Well, tell me I'm, about the dream. Okay, so the dream is somehow we did meet. And um, and here's the crazy thing about the dream. Like, we all have, like, really good dreams, and they just end. You, you get woken up in the middle of the night because you got to pee or whatever, and your dream's over, and you can't remember it. 
Los, this was a two to three year span of this dream, and it was in real time. Like my dream last night lasted two to three years, and it was me and Taylor, and we hit it off, and then we started spending time together. She started taking me on the road. Like it was like a star is born. Like I'm Lady Gaga, and she's Bradley Cooper, and she's. Except she's the talented one, and you're the drunk. No, 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 but I understand her. I've given up all... Here's how I know. Here's how I know that I would give it all up for Taylor. I I did. She wrote a song about Donald Trump, and it was a smear song and everything else, but for some reason she wrote about Donald Trump. If my wife, my current wife, like the one I have right now, Lisa... The, The real world. If she wrote about Donald Trump, like I would... I would argue with her. Not because, like, I'm a Trump lover or anything else. I'm a pushback. I like to push buttons and, and question you on everything. Taylor did that. And instead of questioning Taylor or anything else, I just accepted it. And, and I, I, I was a pushover. Because you was a I, bitch. I, I, yes, but it worked out. It was the greatest dream. So I ended up proposing to her. We ended up in some back alley. And for some reason, we were held at gunpoint. And I threw up against the wall to get her away from the gun, and the guy ran away. And then I proposed to her, and she's like, "Yeah, we should get married." It was it, I. I'm glowing talking about it. When you woke up, <laughs> did you realize how incredibly insane and how unfortunate you are in real life? No. When I woke up, I was satisfied. I I thought to myself, I was like, "That is the greatest dream you have ever had." I didn't want more. I got everything I needed out of the dream. I woke up happy because I finally got. I got to know that this is real. You basically just played something out in your own mind involving an imaginary character <laughs> from your own mind. You do realize that, right? I do, but I don't care. It was like you, so didn't, you didn't have some connection to Taylor Swift. Like, it wasn't like last night, like she woke up and she went, oh, I was married to this really hairy guy who liked to dip. Or did she? Maybe she did. In maybe her, maybe you just need to get her to Waffle House. In her music video, Delicate, at the beginning of the music <laughs> video, this guy comes walking by and just hands her a note and keeps walking by. And the entire rest of the video, she keeps thinking about the guy that handed her the note and everything else. And there's a part of me that, that thinks that she subliminally put that in there because she wants me to hand her a note. And here's the thing. Tay-Tay, I'm married and I have two kids. But I'm always available for you. Kind of reminds me, like there's this really, back when they weren't cheesy, like there was a time when when the band Everclear. I'm pretty sure the FBI is going to be at my car when this is released. They had World of Noise, which was a really loud rock album. And then they had Sparkle and Fade, and that was a really great rock album. And then they started making like pop, rock, whatever kind of stuff. And, and there was one of them that was called Unemployed Boyfriend. That would be you and Taylor. You would be telling her about what you would do for her if if this situation ever occurred. Okay, how is that any different than my current relationship? All I'm telling you is that you would be telling her about all the things that you wouldn't be. Like, you're, Taylor, your man's like this. This is how I'm going to be for you. But that's how men are in relationships anyways. We all change. Well, she's single. No, she's not. She's not? Well, she's not married, so if you want to call that single, that's fine. Yeah, but that's she, single. She was in a relationship for the longest time with, oh, who was the bad guy in Thor? Who was his brother? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. She was hooking up with him. No, not really cool. Oh, like, she's meant to be with me. Oh, my God. Look at your you face. Your face changes me. like you, like instant of, of, of no, she's mine. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to act on it. But yeah, it was a really, it was a, it was a satisfying dream. And by the way, I'm very, uh, I'm very bothered by people that pee bare ass. What? You know, when they take their pants all the way down to the ground and, and use the restroom, it looks weird. 
That was a weird segue. Did you want me to get into that? No. All right, coming up next, we revisit the Hoyt diss track. Love you, Taylor. It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Responsibly Vodka and Norman's Electronics. Looks like the sun is coming up, Chuck. Shades on in Dark Club. We go to the phones and welcome in Ben, our first contestant with a chance to win Chuck's dinner. Hi, Ben. How are you? Hey, good. How's it going? Doing very well. Have you ever played the game with us? I never have. Let's see if you can win Chuck's dinner from Arnett's Chop Shop. King here for... <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. That's not it. Let's That's get a clock it. going here. All right. <laughs> All right. Just, uh, I've, I've got a clock running in my head. We thought we had that very ready. <laughs> oh, no, he's got the clock. Oh, we got uh, a clock? All right. Let's see. No, he doesn't. I'm, I'm waiting for it. All right. Never here mind, Here we go. Matt. Go. Time. Dead or alive. Pro Football Hall of Famer Lance Allworth. This show sucks. Now you're good. Chapter 57 of the Audio Fun Bag, all brought to you by Responsibly Vodka and Norman's Electronics, NEIUSA.com. Been in business in Atlanta since the 1850s. They can take care of your horse, your buggy, any of your lupus. Uh, if you've got any kind of random diseases of the 19th century, they can help you out with all that. And in modern days, your electronical equipment. And Responsibly Vodka was actually the first vodka ever invented. It was on the ship Columbus brought over. They that, just they had like a bottle of responsibly, and they were thinking to themselves, if we run into any kind of shit, at least we got a bottle of vodka. Was that the Nina, the Penta, and the Santa Maria? No, wait, that was the Mayflower. Wait, the Mayflower was the Pilgrims. That was the Pilgrims. Which one was first? Columbus was first. That was the Nina, the Penta, and the Santa Maria. Unless you believe in like the Amerigo Vespucci and all that sort of stuff, or the Vikings. What's that? The idea that the Vikings had been to North America before anybody ever was but whatever there's a lot of theories on who's first but you know history is always what it is ah sounds like QAnon to me you want me to go down the rabbit hole of different <laughs> stuff with you like you want me to go down the, the 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 covid shot hole with you because that's been a fun one that we've been we've been all over i i will revisit out, outside of cocaine bear which worked out well for you and i there is then also the giant river fish that we've been seeing uh in florida yeah. and then there's also uh, aliens, which of course I'll always go down because they weren't really interested in us. I, it was Jose Canseco that was basically saying they're not really interested in us because we haven't learned how to bend time. All I'm saying is they only took interest in us after we were able to split the atom and create nuclear weapons. How? Oh, that's when they started showing up in Nevada? Nevada? Started checking, checking, us, checking us out. How do you bend time exactly? I don't understand. It's a time fold. What? The idea is that you fold portions of time and go through that fold so that you're able to cross large areas extremely fast. You know, I, I had to watch Butterfly Effect like six times before I understood it. Okay, look at it as like a piece of paper. All okay. right, so here's here's where you are. Here's where you're going to go, and these are, are millions of light years away. So your finger on the left holding the paper, let's say that's 10 minutes ago. Your finger on the right is the present. And so you space fold, you fold time, and you go through, and so you pop out on the other end already. Hmm. So that's what he refers to as folding time and time folds and it's a, it's it's a theory is he a modern day prophet i don't know but he's weird mm -hmm. and i kind of like it i kind of pay attention to it and go ooh because Jose's he's kind of crazy he prophesied the steroids prophesized well, well he was on the ground floor of it like he was one of the first guys in the late 80s who was i remember seeing him they were they was in it was in some sort of like spring training uh where they had a bunch of different guys on different teams and different dudes are watching this guy run at his size, 
and their mouths are open. Like, how is a guy that big, that fast? Oh, I know. Horse tranquilizers. And yes, he was a chemist with this stuff. Like, he was he was pushing his body to crazy levels with crazy performance enhancers. But he foretold J-Lo and A-Rod's breakup as well. He said that a long time ago. Okay, but he foretold okay. it. That's a, pro- that's a prophet. He told us about the, the aliens. Okay. Okay. So he could stuff. be a modern-day gospel. No, I don't think the gospels were prophets. I believe that was like Isaiah... I was going to leave all <laughs> biblical talk on this on this podcast all to you. Okay, good. Uh, we are going to be announcing here very soon. Uh, another by the shirt. Way, another shirt. We're selling another shirt. Yes, like and subscribe, and you can check out our gear. We have two shirts that are currently out right now. Only took you 40 minutes to get to that. Sorry. Listen, I had other things I was thinking about. Your dream's been creeping me out the entire time. I didn't know what it was going to be. Way to bury it in the back of the podcast. But oh, along with the Drew Brees diss track, that's, that's going to be in the back of this but uh, we are going to be doing a show from on campus here uh, in, in the battery that's going to be tied to our hard ice vodka freezies that are going to be showing back up here in the battery in time for baseball season. So we will be promoting those and pushing those, and we hope you'll come and, and check them out and, and grab a hard ice vodka freezy with us. For those of you that were not here, episode 1 through 20? We were more like 8 through okay. 30, something like that, because... All of our all of our stuff, especially when it comes to to those that we represent in terms of alcohol, they're seasonal moves because not a hard, not a lot of hard ice vodka freezes are being sold in December. Basically, it's an otter pop with alcohol in it, with like the coolest amount of vodka to it. Uh-huh. Like, and by the time you get to the bottom of it, you realize like that's all like purple vodka. But it's sitting on a lake or in a pool on your it's, float. It's perfect. Uh-huh. So we'll be doing that in terms uh, in, in time for baseball season. So can we line it up with a Braves game so we can have some yes, people out there? That's and- that's going to be the plan. That'll okay. probably be in a couple of weeks, but we're going to start promoting that. We'll tell you where it's going to be. We have a, we have an idea as to where it's going to be, but we haven't finalized everything as of yet. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, have you been to the battery? I was waiting for you to do the next one. What's your favorite spot at the battery? And what is my favorite one? <laughs> Isn't there an Anne Frank museum there? <laughs> Isn't there an Anne Frank museum <laughs> there? <laughs> the weirdest non sequitur. Like, how did how the hell did I find a needle of steak saying, isn't the Anne Frank Museum there? The other favorite drop. I have a new favorite drop on the station right now. And the fact that it got Domino today, <laughs> that Domino started laughing the way he did. It is, it was off the air. It was Road Dog Adam Gillespie, who because of of how Adam talks, and it's different. When you hear him on Bulldog Roundtable, he's much more of a presenter. He's much more of I'm doing the radio guy. When he is not on the mic, he slows down everything he's doing, and he sounds constantly drunk. Hey, you take a picture of me? Like, things like that. That's but what he, he said. But he's hey, not, hey. But I've never been with him. Like, we've had beers at SEC Media Days. <laughs> He's never once had a beer at a broadcast, ever, ever, ever. In the 10 years I've known him, he's never had a beer during a broadcast. So the fact that he sounds like that at broadcast is really funny. And so his new one, I don't think he survived the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) And he was referring to this one dude that we all knew. The man of steel. And he just goes, I don't think he survived the pandemic. (laughs) So now we have a drop. <laughs> and that's what it is. So it's like a random person that comes up in conversation at Adam. Charles Barkley will be on the show tomorrow. I don't think he survived the pandemic. No, Char- no, Adam, I think Charles <laughs> did survive the pandemic. That's- so that that got him as far as getting Chris to be in here to laugh. All right, here's the, uh, the, the diss track from Hoyt. Give me a beat there, John. 
Dear Drew, I hope this diss track reaches you. Heard you were walking out on the Saints up to the TV booth. Who the hell you think you are? You ain't no star. You ain't no Babe Ruth. Now you're leaving your team with Taysom. You're going to need Mormon. Get it? Sometimes I think about all the great times that we had. Like when Dion picked you off that night. Damn, did you play bad. But anyways, f*** it. What's that thing on your face, Drew? It looked like someone dropped a deuce on you when you were two. You want to talk about another game, the Who That's Blue? Minneapolis Miracle. You didn't know what to do. On the final play? Are you kidding me? Not eating no W's on that night, I do believe. As a matter of fact, let's run it back to the Rams' passing attack. Got outdueled by Goff, Gurley, and a no-name cornerback. Drew, this track wasn't meant to dish you, and I'm sure Falcon fans will miss you. You're more than welcome to hit me back, but I'm 16 yards away and I know your ass can't complete that. The tooth's grown long for number nine. He's barely got hair at all. Looks like the ain't <laughs> missed that big window. That dude never hit digs at all. But even as he quits now, old and gray, he won't forget that P.I. call. And it reminds me he retired sad, and I'm not so mad. There you go. That's well done, boys, and that's what it should have been. The Falcons missed the mark, and our guys understand exactly what your fans want to hear. Poke fun. Go low. It's a rivalry. It's okay. You don't have to do the classy goodbye to the opponent and the rival. They're not going to do it for Matt Ryan. You did it. Like, I'm, I'm very proud of, of what you created there. Like, that was really cool. As soon as I read it, when you had, e- you had emailed me, here's the lyrics, I looked over at my wife because, you know, we share the office, and I just go, Hoyt's got a piece of gold for today. I can't do rap, by the way, and I'm not even talking about, like, yes, I can act like a white rapper, like, Eminem or whatever. I can't write rap. Like, I had to have BJ. BJ was in the back room with me, and obviously, you know, he's our black friend. But, <laughs> but you would have been like, he's our friend. No, no, no. He loves country music. Yes. And he happens to be black. No, I, my point being is like, BJ's breaking it down with me and helping me write the lyrics for it. And he's How like, How to rhyme, where to hit it. And he's like, No, no, no. He's rhyming. Because as a white guy, all right. Frog, log, dog, hog, boom, I just wrote a rap. Now I can do it. Let's freestyle. The way BJ's mind at least thought, he's like, nope, he's rapping. He's rhyming here on the downbeat. He's rhyming here on this. So it was all BJ's, honestly. It was his, it was my idea. It was his masterpiece. And he's then, the one that did it. Well, and then Derek coming in, who Hap. who's done all of our Falcons raps in the past when yep. they were in the playoffs. Derek hit the home run by doing the Dido part that. As soon as he started it, like, you know, practicing it, I was like, this is perfect. Like, this is going to work out so well. So, yeah, it's it's two of our uh, our musical guys around here. And Finneran had an issue with it, by the way, because Finneran's whole angle this morning was, you can't talk crap about Drew Brees. Like, he's won a Super Bowl. He's Hell, domi- I can't. He's dominated us ever since he's been here. My response to Finn is, Bama has dominated me since 2007. 14 years. Guess what? I still run my mouth to them because it's a rivalry. Like, that that's what you do. And you know what? Eventually, they'll run their mouth on how many titles they have or beat us. And I have to shut my mouth. But until then, I'm going to run my mouth. And that's what you do with Drew. All right. Take us out. Love you, Tay-Tay. Call me. I don't. I really do think it would work, though. Like, I know we're joking aside, but it would work. In another life.
Hey, Matt. Guess what's in my hot tub? AIDS. I've got AIDS. Follow the podcast, Spark, on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Park. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.